This podcast was brought to you by Good Episode Productions. You like it. I came out of the womb and I looked at my mum and I said, <laughs> and I said, cringe. Um, <laughs> she gave birth to me and I was like, woman moment. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, how are we all doing on this beautiful Wednesday afternoon? Tuesday? Is it Tuesday? It's a it's Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah. It's a Tuesday. Life is very confusing to me. I feel well, amazing I'm and very Actually, so. spiritually, it's a Monday because we just watched Garfield 2, the new movie about Garfield. <laughs> That's actually, really it would be Garfield 3. They made two of those live action ones. Yeah, well, yeah. I don't acknowledge Have you forgotten one. about Garfield, the tale of two kitties? No, because this is Dar- Garfield goes, Garfield's big trip to Discworld. <laughs> Uh, lasagna edition. Uh, I, mean, is I hate Mondays. I guess, I guess it is canonically on this world. We don't see the disc uh, unless I looked away. I looked, at, I looked at my phone a lot while watching No, it. I don't think... They did not address that it was on, on Discworld. I think no. there's, no. like, one bit where they show Atuin with the disc and the elephants. It's like a They statue. definitely showed the university... Um. But they have Rincewind cameoing at the end. Oh, that was Rincewind, I guess. <laughs> That's what that it was. It was a yeah. wizard. <laughs> he said he, it had wizard on his head. Oh, I didn't. He, yeah, he's I in wasn't the beginning. Looking that closely. <laughs> I, I, I was like really distracted for a lot of this movie. Yeah, uh, easily I done. played games on my phone. Yeah, me too. I was, I was having a mild mental breakdown about various things going on in my life and then I was mm-hmm. like, no, you've got to drag your attention back <laughs> to the Amazing Maurice movie and it was like the hardest thing I've ever had to do when yeah, You posted about having a breakdown and I, I knew it was around the time the movie was going on and I was like, is the movie that bad? No <laughs> Like I knew well, you were was. watching the movie <laughs> I was just getting stressed about a lot of a lot of other things, and then I was also watching the Amazing Maurice. Yeah, and it didn't like it didn't like help. No, <laughs> I mean it is it is like the first movie I've ever seen where Hugh Laurie has lost his mojo, which is depressing. Hugh Laurie oh, was in the- I forgot that Maurice. Hugh Maurice. <laughs> Stop saying Maurice. I will not. I will not countenance this. No Americans on stream. It's International Day to End Obstetric Fistula. <laughs> I don't think we should There's end. No laughing matter, George. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's actually obstetric fistula um, eugenics. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, oh, I didn't. Re- I didn't even realize it was Hugh Laurie. I, uh, I. I was like, oh, I know this guy's voice, and then I just like didn't look it up. This <laughs> most waggless role today. I don't think he was as bad as some of the others. No. Yeah, uh, are we just jumping straight into? Are we just jumping straight into movie discussion? Yeah, um, unless there's anything else you want to address, I was just telling. I you think that we I was... are. We're all like really um, jumping to. I'd like to address my heinous bullying of Chaz. I considered saying, "Wow, Chaz is in this film," but then I decided not to <laughs> because there was a woman who was annoying. No, because there's a woman <laughs> with short hair um, <laughs> who wears dark clothing and is also annoying. <laughs> <laughs> but this is like Malicia is like the if 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 the fucking talk father Susan was like an affectionate portrait of Chaz, this is like even the meanest haters of Chaz wouldn't be able to like portray her in such a negative light. Yeah. But George kid, because he, he is far beyond. Uh, George the wrote this of movie. George yeah, George was the was 
behind the scenes the uh, voice director for Amelia Clark. Yeah, I'm voiced by Amelia Clark going like, wow, I love stories. <laughs> you need to pitch your voice down, Chaz. You need to sound more like a 35-year-old woman in the body of a child. I love stories. You need to drink more. <laughs> I'm 14, like, probably. Smoke more to fry your voice. Like, that was not... That was the voice of an experienced person. It was. It's Khaleesi's like- Christmas. <laughs> yeah. I liked the bit where... Um, when Melissa looks at the camera and said, it's international day to end obstetric fistula. <laughs> it was good. She was dead she on, is. it is. Uh, anyway. I had dreams of a hero out of nowhere you Watch. A Discworld podcast uh, hosted by four people who don't have animation degrees, but mm-hmm. nonetheless do have better design ideas than the makers of the mm-hmm. amazing Maurice Sky <laughs> movie. Uh, I, I'm your host, Chaz, and uh, this is a framing device at the beginning of the podcast. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not carrying on with that. I'm your host, Robin. And after we finish recording this episode, I put all four hosts into a ring, and then we all have to scrap to the death. Hot. I'm Janos, and you thought Chaz was the only one who can comment on the fact that we're on a podcast? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Have you looked at the list of hosts? So true. I'm gonna kill you, Janos. (laughs) It's good, Janos. Keep going. (laughs) Uh, um, uh, I'm your host, George, and I'm the guy who made the Pied Piper both real and uh, also somehow homophobic. Mm -hmm. I'm saying it's homophobic. Yeah, what was that about? They quote-coded my Pied Piper. Why was the Pied Piper in this movie in a completely different role? What if he was so hateful? (laughs) What if he was a gay cannibal? (laughs) <laughs> yeah who fed on children <laughs> by the way kind of a slay <laughs> but what what the fuck was this entire like i don't know uh well we'll start, we'll start with the basics like did you like this movie no not really yes. no yeah <laughs> okay speak on that <laughs> elaborate uh i liked <laughs> no. how it took a story that is kind of you know, the the book, it took a book and it adapted a book, which is yes. ostensibly like a sort of surface level parody of um, the story of the Pied Piper of Hamelin. Um, kind of. Um, but the book uh, itself uh, actually makes sort of surprisingly like dark observations on the nature of consciousness, uh, civilization, and like the moral responsibility we have towards those who we have power over. Um and the the book flipped that entirely. No, the, the the adaption flipped that entirely. I like. I thought that was very clever. It subverted my expectations. Yeah, I, I liked that the book became a, a movie about being yourself, um, and yes. ended with a sort of pop song about being yourself. Um, yeah. um, that's what this book was when... about. That film was about the book was about being yourself. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the Rat King was just being himself. <laughs> he was being himself, and he slain. <laughs> <laughs> I like that the main character of the movie is, despite what Morris says, uh, is Amelia Clark. Um, yeah. yeah, 
with yeah, no doubt. Uh, and I liked when uh, when when Keith looks at her like uh, you know after her first bit, and he's like, "I think I'm in love." I think I love oh, her. Blimey, God, Khaleesi, I, think I, I think love I'm her. I'm in love with you. <laughs> I'm, in, I'm in love with this 35 year old woman. I will make her mine. <laughs> but to Mor- be fair, Morris, yeah. I've been groomed by a 35 year old woman. Himesh Patel also didn't sound like a child, to be fair. No. He's he wasn't quite as like terrible as, a, as Khaleesi. Yeah. He, sort of, he sort of looked more like a child. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Something about like the way Malicia's character design is, it's like, oh, she's like a funny little child, but she just sounds like an adult woman. And then the way she looks is enough, it's like ambiguous enough that she just looks like a full on adult woman who's just like being a little freak. She just looks kind of pixified. Mm. I think, genuinely, I think when Chess does the. When Chess does the Victorian orphan voice, it is more convincingly a child. Yes, that's because I am a child. Hello. (laughs) What are you doing there, Sunny? I'm a little baby. I I didn't do nothing, but you won't catch me. How did you feel about the Australia with you? I don't want to go to where there's better weather and I don't have to die of cholera on the street. (laughs) Excellent. You'll take part in a genocide. Oh, whoopee! I've always wanted to be part of history. So, a little behind the uh, scenes is that my girlfriend was like at the other side of the room while I was watching this, but she still heard what was going on. Uh, and uh, let me turn off my virtual background here for a second so you can see this. Uh, she just handed me a note that says this. That was supposed to be a child? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. I know it from watching yeah, the thank, movie, though. Thank you, Caroline. <laughs> Uh, yes, unfortunately, they were both supposed to be children, I think. Uh, I assume that was the the same yeah. as in the books, but it was difficult to sort of tell. Um, they said he was a child, although Keith, let's talk about the character of Keith. What character? What character? <laughs> <laughs> now, Keith in the book, I would describe him as what? very interesting. You know, he's very quiet and like doesn't say a lot. All he likes to do is play his flute. But occasionally he'll like, you know, come out with something that's surprising because he's extremely observant and really good at making connections in his mm-hmm. head. Yeah. But it's still quite like, you know, he's quite internal and, you know, thinks things without saying them. Whereas this Keith, uh, I would describe as a man, boy, a guy. He's just um, every protagonist he needs, of like a child. He needs to believe movie. in himself. Well, and yeah. the, say... the power's not in the flute, but it's in your music. But so he's like, like a fun, easygoing guy already from the start. Like, he's never the quiet child or whatever. He's, I think, like, one point where I was like, oh, fuck. Where I was like, okay, so this is where the movie is going. Really early in the movie, when uh, when when the rats, like, jump into the water, and Keith is like, that was fun, right, jumping into the water. I thought it was a good touch. And, and then everyone is like, oh, Keith, why did you come up with this? That's where I was like, this is really off the rails. Like, first of all, they already call him Keith. He's already like a fun guy. He's already like none of the interesting stuff that happens to uh, to the character is 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 there. Like from the start, right? And you know, we've said before, you can adapt something and make it different. But once again, it should it still worse. be. It should be at least interesting, <laughs> rather than a prime example boring. for how this is a really interesting study in adaptation because i looked at them out of curiosity i looked at the discord reddit uh searched for amazing morris because uh 
you know, everyone was like, this is so exciting, and an authorized adaptation that actually has the, the Narrativia's tempo approval. Authorized me, Thank God the Narrativia stamp of approval is on it. There was, I'm not joking, authorized there was me. like Thank one... Yes. There was one comment on Reddit that was like, I teared up a little bit seeing the Narrativia logo at the beginning. I didn't, because it looked like shit. <laughs> right? <laughs> it, I, didn't, I didn't notice it, because it's a production logo. It is. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, I, I always look at the production logos. I was like, so, that is the Narrativia lo- logo. I visually, visually acknowledged it with my eyes. But that, the common sentiment on, on the subreddit is, there's, some peop- there, there's people who didn't like it. Uh, or found it disappointed, pointing. But the common sentiment is, it's not bad. It's still the, it's still the best adaptation of all the, of any of not the Discworld adaptations because it is the most book accurate to the story. And it's I don't really believe that true is. It's so true. it's so inaccurate. I think. Um, uh, or I'm breaking kayfabe a bit. But I liked what they did with Keith's character because much like the way they flipped a, what is a simple parody, um, hiding in meaningful depths and turned it into something trying to be a deconstruction of a story which became very simplistic. Uh, they flipped Keith from someone who's quiet but whose complex and interesting character is revealed through his actions uh, into someone really boring. <laughs> I thought that was an interesting choice. Yeah. What? Yeah, so that was what I was going to say, is that it's... I think, I think what people... Uh, like, what the people who wanted this to be good, I guess, uh, and because that, that's, that's what it reads like to me, is a bit of a cope situation... Uh, is yeah. that they they they're trying to make excuses that it is an accurate adaptation because it follows the plot somewhat, mm-hmm. but like it takes away everything that makes it interesting. Mm. Like, it really it's really yeah. taken everything, yeah, that makes it like George was saying about the clever subversion. It really takes yeah. everything that makes it interesting and just does like the plot beats that you know have give it a structure but without any of like the internalizing sort of messages or the sort of interesting explorations into like the rats and their like evolving culture and Mm. you know the the sort of horrors of being a being a conscious animal when other animals are unconscious and and it just just didn't do any of that but it was just like you need to believe in yourself to do the flute was very funny funny. because i feel like at no point from the like start to the sort of end of the second third of this movie, did Keith ever not believe in himself? And then, then <laughs> right. the whole last third is her being like, you need right. to look for the music within you. And it's like, he was fine. No. You've been belittling him for the last... Uh, yeah, like, he was fine until he met you. I'm sorry, Robin. I'm sorry. It's the power of heterosexuality. That's what Oh, I'm God. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Hetero one. I mean, it's the same thing where like... We're dangerous beans and peaches like get together i guess at the end and i'm like damn even I mean, even I, the rats be hetero i thought i thought it was more that they were like peaches and morris and i was like hell yeah we're <laughs> I was thinking, some, like, yeah. Just species <laughs> what was that that would have been slay <laughs> i was like yeah this is this is some perversion i can get behind <laughs> yeah but I no we had to have cool, a boring no. german animation studio that wants us to be a heterosexual and yeah i want to be heterosexual um, I'd love to start, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but day, no, no. I don't want it in public, you know. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think it should be shown to children. No. Um, I think it's like teaching them the wrong messages we about what's it. appropriate. We yeah. should teach kids that we want to be. A, you should be a nasty little freak who lives in the woods and eats children. <laughs> I think he was the the best character. I'm going to say. Getting <laughs> full sure support for the for the widow my piper who just like eats food, I guess, and like makes noises. Writing a really long <laughs> Tumblr cancel cancellation post of the amazing Maurice animated movie because the one of the villains <laughs> is um queer coded and lives in the woods and eats children. <laughs> I think I think that the the Rat King in this movie is um, representative of a poly relationship, and actually That's is. So uh, <laughs> oh, I know. Okay, what's, I'm a, what's I'm behind again? this movie again now. I, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm, it's popular to be uh, uh, polyphobic, if that's the word. Uh, it's it's popular I'm, to, I'm riding to be that the wave, Duncan. Baby. So you're like, yes, let's let's get him. You know, they're trying to absorb all... <laughs> Metaphorically, when they're trying to absorb all the rats into them and they're all getting dragged in, that's like the gravitational pull of the polycule that's like pulling all, this, <laughs> all the hot rat singles in the area into it and just like ruining relationships for all the monogram... The mono, so uh, it's like a, monogamous it's like people you, who, are, who are living there. So it's like if you had a flat in Bristol that you, you lived in and then suddenly more people kept moving into this, this polycule, if you will. Yeah. Yes, that's exactly like that. it. It's exactly, it's exactly what yeah. it is. Look, this German studio looked at the source material and they said, listen, polyamorous people have had it too good for too long. <laughs> <laughs> well, they looked at the source material and they're like, we huh? need to, we need to, we need to save the family for the kids. Yeah. <laughs> no one's thinking need- about the family. <laughs> no one's thinking about the family. At the moment, there's not been enough movies where the the moral message is that like family is the best and comes above all other yes. things. And as long as you love each other, then you've cured yourself. then you've cured your family of all its all its internal and external problems. Nothing um, bad ever happened. They should make more. They should make more movies about that. They should, yeah. be, they should make more movies about the power of music. Uh, they should make more power. More movies soul. about the power of the tourism industry. Mm. Yeah, yes. yeah, that's Which is the other... entirely positive and not dehumanizing in any way. The no. the whole tone is so off. Like it's not just the dark stuff that's yeah. missing. Because I was like, okay, sure, you can do that, uh, but it just missed the whole of like Terry's cynicism. Yeah. That there's a lot of it in a lot of in the book, like the the whole tourism industry stuff. Like at the yeah. end where. I don't know. We're jumping towards the end, or I don't know if we want yeah. to move through certain. I was going to say. Story. I think we got like free flow discussion. I was going to say that it's like very. It, it's it's not only just like the tone is weird because obviously you know one of the major themes of the book is like we said like consciousness and yeah. you know cannibalism is extremely important because it's recognizing the self in the other and being like damn maybe I'm not going to do cannibalism and they didn't put any cannibalism in this movie which I I know why they didn't. I also think it's. I also just think it's really funny the difference between what's appropriate to put in a book for kids versus what's yeah. like allowed well, in a in I, a film. See, I don't even know if it's that because I, when I was watching this, I was like, I'm not enjoying this. I don't think it's very funny. Like, it's very very simplistic. And then I was like, give it a rest. It's a it's a movie for kids, but the book is for kids. And and yeah. I know obviously difference in the medium, what you can see versus what you're reading. But like, I swear, movies used to not be this bland no i mean kids movies did used to be a bit more willing to scare i think yeah Mm. because everything was better in the old days everything was better when we were young 
movies were bad. Mm. Not everything, but Damn, movies kids' were movies bad. really fell off when I grew up. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. so true. Funny how so that true. I think it, it's it's like not just the cannibalism or the that stuff, but it's also what I thought was really weird was like the tension because in yes. the book, like you don't know what the monster is, you don't know what the villain is. Yeah, yeah. you just know that there's like some sort of entity that can like instill horrible fear in creatures yeah. and like. Yeah creates like you know controls minds and it speaks into morris's head and he can't see it and he doesn't know where it is and then you see that that's all you see for ages and you don't see you don't know that it's a rat king yeah until yeah. quite near the end whereas in this he's just like oh it's the rat king it's <laughs> yeah. a scary rat and the, the rat the king shows <laughs> up in like the first scene right yeah right like, mm. yeah like you we see, see the rat we're the, and then we're it's the like... scary scary foreign rat catches and we made a rat king oopsie yep <laughs> oopsie doopsie uh, and but, everyone's I, like I, we I, know what that is you're, you're so right about that though Chaz, because that's the that's maybe the the most disappointing thing about this because like not showing yeah. gore or whatever like that's oh sorry mm. I just scratched scratched something uh <laughs> <laughs> Not showing gore is like <laughs> no. I, uh, I I hit my I hit my uh, back in like I I ran my back uh, into a desk <laughs> a few days ago. And there was a scar now or like a wound, Ooh. and I just scratched that up. Oops. Uh, okay. What? A, cut that out. Uh, Speaking uh, of gore, <laughs> we're, well, we're leaving it in. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine that they don't show the gore, but like you can do tension. You can do like creepy, and, right? Like, That's like the one way. thing like, you can do. There yeah. are like you know, fucking Coraline movie. Like, not mm. to not to say like, not to hand it, it to Terry, to, to hand it to like Leica yeah. or whatever. Or I think you can the, you can hand only... it to Neil sometimes. Yeah, yeah I, I mean it's I mean it's, it is Neil, <laughs> but it's also like that stop motion animated studio and uh, mm-hmm, whatever mm-hmm. the Henry yeah. Selick who did all the stop motion movies. Like there are people still, and it's and in a very successful way. Like these are commercially successful movies. Um, yeah, it's just narrativia here like went with the lowest risk thing of just hiring a middle of the road German studio and you know make it for Sky TV. Well, right? Yeah, it's yeah. There's, I mean, I I, I never expected any like a genuine spark of creativity, I guess, in this, and maybe that's <laughs> why the that's why the Discord Reddit people are also like, yeah, it was fine, because it's like a TV movie. It's nobody has high expectations, but I, I mean, don't know. I... On the other hand, I also think this is maybe the worst of all the adaptations we've yeah. seen. Because at yes. least the other ones, like the the older Sky TV adaptations, they were very. They had a lot of pacing issues. Sure, mm-hmm. but they had teeth. They were not. Yes, exactly. They had, they literally had teeth in the case of Hawkfather. And I think, yeah, they, for the most part, they do try to preserve the actual sort of uh, meaning of the book that they're adapting. <laughs> yes. And this one just strips mm-hmm. that out entirely. Those are yeah. so clearly like the. Uh, Color of Magic and Hawkfather are so clearly like a labor of love. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. done by people who genuinely enjoy this material. Yeah. Uh, and whether it's how successful it is is another question. But this movie just feels so bland. Like there's there's some other comments that a lot of people are like, oh, I was surprised how well a Hollywood production, like a big Hollywood screenwriter could 
translate Terry's humor and have that Terry spark in the comedy. What are you talking about? No. The only moment I I snort laughed like once or twice and it was just slapstick moments because, yeah, you can't... We love it when someone gets hit. Yeah, once you start doing cartoon slapstick, of course there's going to be some comedy in that. But there's no, like... I think Terry Pratchett's humor. A lot this. of the issues with the comedy in this is that, like, a lot of the timing felt entirely off. Which, I, yeah, I just, yeah, I don't know what it was because again, it's not like they could not do another take because like, it's an animated because they're like, German. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. What it was is it was a, it's much like Troll Two, and it was a German crew who didn't speak English went to Wiltshire <laughs> to film this, and they picked random people from the local mental hospital who were extremely high on weed. One of them turned out to be Amelia Clark, um, just just by pure chance to do all the voicing. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think I think, like you said, I think the pacing is weird, and I don't know if that's just again because I was freaking out when I was watching it, and I was finding it really hard to focus. No, it was weird. Um, You're all right. Yeah, it wasn't good pacing. I mean, they they kind of. The only reference to a lot of the actual sort of moral conflicts, and not even much of it, was said in like the first conversation by the riverbank. They just said like, mm. "We don't think we should yeah. steal anymore. <laughs> <laughs> we are we are conscious, and that means we have to be good." And then they left. They, that was it. And it's like, oh, that was yeah, three and, minutes. And in. it's like it's like when um when militia militia when she like reveals the Mister Bunsey thing. Like it's like a, a children's book. Um, and they're like, oh, fuck, there's no island that we can go to. Like, no magical place or whatever. I felt like that didn't really have a lot of impact no. on the story. And you know why? The, why? The, the, there was no punch to the Mr. Banzu reveal because the fucking movie starts with fucking Amelia Clark reading <laughs> Mr. Banzi. <laughs> like, it introduces Mr. Banzi from, like, her perspective from like the fucking uh, book bookish annoying child who's obsessed with stories perspective smugly commenting on her but it's oh just a story mm-hmm. and after that we see that the rats have like this biblical reverence to it but then like there's like barely any hint to the importance of them until like the reveal happens which is not a reveal anymore because we already know and of course, reading Amazing Morris, we as readers also understand that, yeah, this is just a children's story. But still, we're presented it through the rat's eyes first. Yeah. Mm. Like, mm. this also, it's also like Peach, I mean, Peach's character doesn't do anything for no. a lot of it. <laughs> so it doesn't feel significant when she's like hit by this sort of despair or whatever. It's just like, okay. One of the also, they made Peaches of... like annoying instead of like someone who's just sort of like quite wide-eyed and innocent, but also incisive. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm. I mean, there's four rats in this. I was movie, gonna say right? that was like, oh no, one of the yeah. rats is sad. One of the four yeah. rats. We have we have Peaches on the voice actors. We have Dangerous Beans played by Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. Who just sounds like him? He just sounds like David Tennant. Yep. Like, yeah, also not trying. Nowhere, he's nowhere near as like unnerving as Dangerous Beans. I think is supposed no. to be. Yeah, yeah he's, he's just like a, a spooky he's prophet. Like a guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
Then we have Dark Tan, who's just uh, who's just a fun traps guy. Yeah. Okay, this is the biggest sin against this film. I said this to you all on the chat already. They didn't make Dark Tan sexy. Dark Tan's got to be sexy. Dark Tan is not fuckable. Yeah, he's not fuckable. More fuckable Dark Um, Tan, please. They didn't. They took out. Ham and pork. Ham and pork isn't in it. Like you're uh, sexy. I kind of, I so. kind of. If you have to, I kind of get getting rid of ham and pork for like a ninety-minute kids movie. I I mm. do understand yeah. the reasoning behind that, but because of not just the number of rats with a storyline that they cut out, but the number of rats and the actual physical animation that they cut out, it just leaves it looking like there are four rats, like, at all. Yes. Like, if, if they'd cut mm-hmm. ham and pork and there'd been loads and loads of rats on screen at all times and they're all, you know, sentient rats, whatever, but it's like, there's four sentient rats and that's it. This movie is... Here's mm. the thing. I understand from, like, a screenwriting perspective that you have to make shortcuts, you have to cut out a lot of stuff to streamline a story, even if it's not a very book long, long book like this. Of course you have to cut out things. But this movie is 83 minutes long. With a 10 minute end, cut, end credit scene after the, at the end. <laughs> like, you could have, mm-hmm. right? Like, you didn't have to cut out that much. <laughs> <laughs> could have been a bit longer. <laughs> yeah. Although it felt long, I will say. It did. Yeah, I mean it both it both felt, it felt long and they had the really whole rushed. Fucking, they had this the sort of like long digression of Keith and Melissa going into the woods to find this uh, flute that just like had no real bearing on the plot at all <laughs> um, because the flute isn't important. It's what's inside. <laughs> it's what's inside, and so it's just like this completely pointless subsection. Yeah, that like just no. It was just, just so like, they can introduce their so funny that, like, pipe pipe. They can have like romance scenes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Terry's like it's yep, just really. There's yeah, no one. It's, it's weird. Terry really. Terry's story is uh, there's no one magic solution uh, against something like this. You have to work work as a team um, to enact a violent struggle to like destroy the evil. Yeah, to enact a, a religious <laughs> war against. <laughs> Yeah, which oh which may in itself make you somewhat against, morally against questionable. The other, the other rats. But this one's like, yeah, there's a magic flute. <laughs> just <laughs> in like which Terry's story is all about how there isn't a magic flute. There's no magic flute in their story. It's just, it's so reductive and it didn't need to be. Like, it was all there. Hmm. Like, I don't know, I guess, I get, you know, the themes mm-hmm. are there. Like, I get if you're, sometimes like you see a, an adaption of something and it's like, struggling with what the themes originally were maybe because the original is sort of murky and up to interpretation quite a lot but i feel like the book for this is very written for children in in what it says (laughs) um (laughs) yeah they're not themes that children can't grasp no yeah like there are aspects of it that are more adult especially like the sort of rat politics i suppose yeah but in the rat house uh, yeah (laughs) Yeah, they just put the rat house joke that's in it. House. What the fuck? Yeah. Uh, Bullshit. Call yourselves a German <laughs> studio. <laughs> they were like, yeah, yeah that's what the... it's called. <laughs> exactly. They, did, like, they didn't no. get it. <laughs> I have to assume, because the screenwriter is, I think, American. Uh, I have to assume that Toby, Toby Gankel, the German director of this movie, read the script and he was like, 
That's not funny. Take that out. <laughs> Is that your comedy German accent? <laughs> <laughs> that, that's what Toby Gecko sounds like. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> uh, but yeah, an adaption. An adaption is supposed to um, bring out the meaning of the thing it's adapting into a new medium, or, yes. or you know the me- the meanings, or or you know you can subvert them in some way. And I think this fails at that. <laughs> I, no, I mean, I think you were right when you said that you liked it earlier and that it's it fails it. to say anything. It's very subversive. Yeah. Well, no, sub- I, I was thinking of like Starship Troopers, you know, oh, that, I see. That, that's what I yeah. meant. I felt so because subverted by this in, movie. Um, yeah, subverted it from a good, good book into a bad film. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of excited to watch this initially. Uh huh. Well, I, I was thought- not. I don't know because it looks it looked like like a bit cheap and a bit silly, but I was like, oh, so it's all right. I don't know. We'll see. I was willing to. I was I was really sticking my neck out for it in my personal pre movie opinion, and then I don't know. I think that's good. I think within within like that first weird rat song and dance. I think it was earlier than that. I think it was it cutting to Amelia Clark. Yeah. <laughs> Reading. I was starting to jazz. Whoa. Sorry. As soon as yeah. Amelia oh Clark did her first like fourth wall breaking you. thing, like within the first fifteen seconds, I was like, "Fuck this movie." Yeah. Yeah. No, I just found it, the framing device so obnoxious, like because it's also this really is stupid. What's called a framing and it's device? Because it also has no. It has no relevance to anything apart no. from being like, this is a story about stories. But it, it has no, like, I don't know. It's, like, not even a joke, really. It's just, like, uncomfortable and weird. Like, a lot of Terry Pratchett stuff is. <laughs> and it's, like, really is. annoying. And I saw it and I was like, great, we have to see this fucking yeah. character. <laughs> like, reading, t- a lot of Terry Pratchett is a story about stories. So it's, like, they took the screenwriter, like, looked up yeah. what what are... Okay, give me top five ChatGPT. Give me the top five uh, <laughs> major themes from a Terry Pratchett story, for, or from a Terry Pratchett novels. And one of them was like stories about stories or whatever. But they they didn't really try to understand how that works. It's just in there. Yeah, because <laughs> like the, all the, that is is that the the character is obsessed with stories, and that's like all of yeah. it. But what uh, there's yeah. no consequences. There's there's this scene in in it where where Keith asks Murcia, like, why do you want to view the world through stories so badly? Why does everything have to be a story with you? And she turns and she, like, spits at him. She, like, yells at him. Like, yeah. because if she says, you don't take control of your own story, yeah. you'll become a part of someone else's. And she it's gets like, so mad. Yeah. What does she that She says, mean? insert line from book here out of context. Yeah. Yeah, it, just, it made absolutely no sense when she said it to the point and where... And that sounds like... Yeah. No, that sounds like if you encounter that line in a movie, the normal reaction you have is, aha, so this is going to be a learning thing for this character mm-hmm. who says that, because that is obviously an insane thing to say. Yeah. <laughs> and this char- this this obnoxious mm-hmm. character will have a learning experience where they learn that everything is not like a story and there is no such thing in real life as main characters and NPCs. But that's not what happens. It's no. like she's yeah. just right at the end. 
And that's what I, like, yeah, that's Keith, how, like, yes, that's you're how, right. Yeah, that's how Keith that, conflict. Like, time to do heterosexuality. <laughs> <laughs> Keith kisses pretty well. Keith can fuck, don't worry. Uh, I was going to say that when when Maledicta says that stuff, it makes you think that it's like part of her trauma or something. Right. And she's right. going to be like, oh, this is because like my mother died and then they yeah, made trauma. me feel like this or whatever. But instead, they just it never comes up again. And I'm like, okay. She doesn't even have <laughs> so to. She's do, just a bitch. Yeah, she doesn't even have to do chores in this movie like she does in the book that she complains about. She has no problems. Right. I um, no. She's locked out of her... When 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 she is uh, when she's when she's naughty, she's being locked out of her room, and then Morris is like, "Went locked out of your room? Yes, because there's where they keep keep my books. Oh, Don't my you goodness. notice? I read a lot. I like to. Don't read. you know? I kind of read a lot. I'm kind of a book girl. I kind of read a lot. It's part of my character. I, you might say it's my primary motivation. I, I've got five hundred thousand followers on BookTok. <laughs> <laughs> I legitimately like this young adult novel. It's quite rare that I I hear a line in a in a movie that makes me want to throw up in my own mouth as much as that one did. <laughs> but it was the like way she said, "If you couldn't tell, I read yeah. a lot." And I was just, yeah, that's tell. where that's where Caroline like walked out of the shower into the room, and she was like, "What the fuck are you watching?" <laughs> <laughs> Kino, baby, a, a good yeah. a fucking Kino's great back. movie. <laughs> yeah. We got Yorgoth Lanthimos. We've got we've got um, uh, Martin Scorsese. We've got uh, that other one that people are mad about, and but I don't really care so much because it's just uh, Oppenheimer. That's the one, um, and we've got this this film by whoever directed this. <laughs> Kino is back. It's pure cinema, baby. <laughs> Uncut. Uh, uh, Uncut, um, snorting it straight up into reeling. my into my brain. Inhaling yeah. celluloid sticking. like a dog eating spaghetti. <laughs> sticking the celluloid up my ass so I can absorb it straight into my bloodstream. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> boofing that celluloid. Boofing it. Meme of the lads being like five tickets to the amazing Morris, please. <laughs> <laughs> Making- cinema's been saved congratulations gentlemen making non-stop <laughs> tweets about like film guys on twitter um and they're all about like oh this one guy kept trying to show me this like german animated movie about a cat. <laughs> and it was like God, all about man. like it was like a subversion of fairy tales and it was like really like avant-garde and like fourth yeah. wall breaking but it was like <laughs> but really like boring, i'm still not gonna fuck like, him film guys will he kept insisting that this is from the from the auteur uh, behind Oops, Noah is gone, and oops, too. <laughs> hey, I think I well, think no, you're uh, sleeping on his most important work, uh, Vol auf die Nuss. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think this is a bad movie. I don't know. Oh, we've I just forgotten think, about like... a stork's journey. And, oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, welcome to that... Smellyville. That was actually the one he made before The Amazing Morris. <laughs> that's, that's a deep cut, so it's like hard, you know what I mean? <laughs> It's like kind of like one of his lesser known ones, but he was like in a more experimental phase. Oh, the German title is The Alchies. I I feel like I heard of that. Uh, I don't think it the made Alchies. its way across the pond. It hasn't come out of the watershed in Bristol yet. It's not a hit. Um, no, I haven't, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it at the art cinemas. No, I haven't gotten my half pint of IPA and sat there mm. on the leather seats and really absorbed like <laughs> the culture. Well, this is about uh, this is about young Max who meets the Oglies, a family of green garbage eating creatures who live at the dump in the town of Smellyville. 
That sounds great. That sounds I, really good. That. Let's go. <laughs> We've got to watch one of these for really a invested in I do want to watch. <laughs> I don't know. So I don't care whether it's just no. It's just going to be boring. It's not even going to be like funny. No, little German boy, don't go into Smellyville. No. Oh my god, don't go into, don't go into Smellyville. You might catch a bad whiff. This this wheel is full of Geschmelten. <laughs> Ach nein, they looked for me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was Norwegian and well, bad it's, Norwegian. <laughs> it's it's streaming on Hulu, so it is like available in. Oh, this looks great! <laughs> I bet. I um, don't believe you. So that's uh, those. That's that's what Smellyville looks like. This just looks like the. It's reminding me of something. What am I thinking of? Fergus, Fergus the the British one. Fergus the bogeyman. Yeah. Wait. But Fergus the Bogeyman, like the original illustration well, fun- of Fungus. Metal. Fungus the Bogeyman. Fungus, Fungus the Bogeyman, sorry, yeah. yeah. The, yeah Fungus the Bogeyman, was, he slayed so much. Oh, I loved though, like, No, I He was so him. cool. I just feel like oh, this. Oh, no, it's in... <laughs> Raymond Briggs. It's Raymond Briggs. It's yeah. A, yeah, it's incredible. Like, the book's great. It's about ennui and depression. I know. I've read yeah. It's good. <laughs> I, always, I, I always think about, like, the fact that he has to make sure that his feet are wet at all times, so he, like, fills his boots full of, like, water, and I was like, that's so gross. And that's why I've never forgotten. <laughs> Yeah, Nate, like, um, oh, what, a, what a fantastic fucking book. That guy was fucking crazy, though. Raymond Briggs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, good. He was, he, was, he was doing some crazy shit, yeah. What was he doing? Just like his books. I don't know. Did oh. you ever read The Man? No, he, no, I didn't read The Man. I read the, it was just about like, it's just like a, a small so man a small man appears <laughs> in this guy's house and just like this this boy's house and just lives in his cupboard and he's just like a small man and he's just like always pissing on things <laughs> we're just small man we're just we're just innocent small men he did one about his parents whole life uh, from their birth from their birth their death and it's Absolutely tragic. Yeah, absolutely. It's just really horribly it's really sad. sad. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, what's the one about yeah, nuclear war? There's the framing device shit at mm-hmm. the beginning, and then she keeps like it gets like worse every time. She where she's like, there's no dramatic tension in this story. Like that, that was <laughs> really you, bad. Just because you call attention to the fact there's no dramatic tension in the story right? doesn't make it like, better. <laughs> Yeah, like just if you say like, oh, uh, there, uh, there's not many rats at the beginning, doesn't doesn't make it better. <laughs> there's hardly any rats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and then she was like, uh, no, it's time for a flashback, and you're gonna tell me your backstory. Like that was, that was another one. And then there was a bit where the first the first time she showed up, that was maybe the worst one when she was like, what? Did you think the narrator of the story can't show up in her own story? uh-huh and yeah and i was like wow nobody has done cool. that before she told me she told me i feel i feel harassed by a, a movie <laughs> i'm like i just want her to stop talking like maybe it wouldn't even be that bad if she wasn't just so like awful to listen to yeah Sorry, it Amelia. wasn't Kalisi. Well, yeah. so you want women to stop talking jazz <laughs> yes yes i want this woman to stop talking <laughs> i won't no offense to amelia clark i don't think she's like 
good a good actress yeah no and i don't think she's a voice actress no uh, I at all a, so i think she's definitely a better physical she's actress the op- opposite than she is a, of a voice actress. and she's not a very good physical actress exactly either. like i've seen last christmas <laughs> yeah but like like the thing that people always make fun of her for is the way she talks when she's playing a role like when she's being khaleesi daenerys targaryen and she's like where are my dragons or whatever it's just like that that's like the comedic part for performance <laughs> so it's very funny that they would give her a voice role but you know yeah, they don't she's... respect they don't respect the art of voice acting these days they just make everyone celebrities <laughs> It's just, it's Boo. just Im- impossible not to like keep circling back to how terrible she is. Like I know it's like the black hole at the center of this movie. She just sounds her voice. It's like at the same time her voice at the same time like just like too disaffected, uh, and also the character they they wrote for her is just so annoying. Like it's just such such a horrible combination. I think not convincingly a child. No. Uh, because I think in the book, obviously she's like a mean, but yeah. she's also in the book convincingly a child, and it yeah. c- you can you can write it off because you're like, well, she's a child. It's she's just a kid. Like that's what yeah. kids are like. Well, if she was a little kid, it would be funny and it would be exactly. cute. But she's just like this horrible, obnoxious adult woman yeah. who's like screaming <laughs> things at me. Yeah, and she just sounds way too much like <laughs> Amelia Clark. Like her voice is, mm. for better or worse, we've all heard her say the dragon lines. So it's just mm-hmm. impossible to divorce it from that. Yeah. yeah. And then Morris also breaks the fourth wall at one point where she's like, what, you thought Melissa is the only one who can break the fourth wall in this story? Like, it's it made just... me shift uncomfortably in my seat when that happened. It was so bad. <laughs> I, I squirmed. Hugh Laurie is so there's... swagless here. <laughs> oh, there's you think only women can narrate? Can well, the, yeah. guess what? I don't know. <laughs> Progressive there's an art cats to... can narrate too. There's an art to fourth wall breaks where if they get, like, they they, they become obnoxious really easily. I guess. Like, yeah. I think it's only, like, fucking Shane Black who can do good, like, fourth wall breaks and probably some others, but it's just... You just need to have, like, really sharp writing. Not to sound mm. like hyper obnoxious saying this, but there was a really good Stuart Lee show that George and I went to where he did a whole bit about how well, it was crazy when Fleabag did something that no one in comedy's ever done before, where she would turn <laughs> to the camera and say things directly at the camera. No one had done that before. <laughs> yeah. And this felt very much a bit like that. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. Terry is like, I. We we read out these Goodreads reviews where people complain that Terry's writing style is so annoying and obnoxious, but I think when Terry does that, it works because there is a like omniscient narrator. Yeah. So it it feels like we're taken on. You know, he takes us on a ride, and it's like he's in control, right? The 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 narratorial mm. voice. And in this one, with, like, Malicia and briefly Morris being the narrator, just, I don't know, doesn't work. I don't have anything no. more thoughtful to say about that. <laughs> I don't, don't know where Is I was it... going with that. Yeah, okay, let's let's focus discussion. Ha- let's Hank. talk about... Um, can, I, can I just... What, one yeah, thing, Robin. Because I thought, I thought, because you just mentioned Goodreads. Yes. Um, I thought, I'm just going to take a really, really quick glance at some of the five-star letterbox reviews. 
Mm-hmm. I, I like Care to share. I know, I'm sorry. I like this one. My God, <laughs> I've never had so much fun watching a movie. I never thought there would be another movie so loving towards rats since Ratatouille. Thank you, world. If I died right now, <laughs> I would die happy. <laughs> Is it just someone like who rats, fucking loves rats? Yeah. Rats are They're just lovely. like, oh, fuck yeah, more rat content. But Ratatouille's so, yeah. a good movie. Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> a really good film. I mean, that Ratatouille is... is inherently fascist, but we'll That's... get to that later. <laughs> Dynamo de Ratten, I'm fach iconic. <laughs> the thing about Ratatouille is that Brad Bird has a really distinctive visual style mm-hmm. that, like, Say what you want about, like, because I think he's like an Ayn Rand guy. Uh, yeah. And he likes to put forward some uh, objectionist thought in his movies. But So say what you want about that, but they look good as fuck. They do look good. Mm. I, do like where, I do like where he looks at the camera in Ratatouille and goes, if you give me a bad review of this movie, I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> I like the if bit you're a critic, Remy... I hate you. When Remy looked at the camera and said, I am John Galt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I am John Galt. I am Atlas. Uh, <laughs> I'd be shrugging. Uh, um. Would you guys like to see, a uh, to hear a review that just begins with tips for parents with a list of all the okay. things that parents should know before going into the I would movie? love to uh, hear some. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a parent and I don't intend to be for a long time but uh you know maybe some of our listeners would love to get some tips yes maybe some of our par- listeners are parents mm. so hey, give listeners, them some tips. have you been fucking recently you got a child hey you've been fucking send us a line tell us about it you got a bun okay, in the Robert, oven. Continue. this list is for you um so tips for parents <laughs> cream pies <laughs> yeah <laughs> we see a standing rat pee on a white plate some of the vocabulary is a bit advanced for you viewers. Lots of talk of poison. Your kids are going to be passionately opposed to poisoning rats after they watch this. There's talk of li- <laughs> Good. Yeah. Warning, okay. this fiction okay. might inspire compassion in your child. <laughs> There's talk of laxatives, which kids probably won't understand. There are several references to I'm the sure. tale of the Pied Piper, which most kids won't be familiar with. America, American detectives. I'm sorry, this is an American. Yeah. I, I've detected beep, beep, an American. Beep, beep, beep. <laughs> American detected. Who doesn't know the fucking Pied Piper of Hamlin? I do think bitch. Americans also know about the Pied Piper. Yeah, no, no, no I, I, I meant as in. Um, yes, my girlfriend gave a thumbs up. Oh yeah, confirmed. Yeah. As in the other things that Robin said that I've not forgotten immediately. Yeah, Americans <laughs> are afraid of seeing a rat pee on screen in front of their child. Oh, like plate. now, my child Me. might know that rats. and that is not that's not appropriate for my child to know afraid of having to explain laxatives to children what if my kid learns about laxatives and then wants to experiment with their friends (laughs) Um, it's vitally important that they don't teach kids about laxatives in schools until they're at least 16 to be fair if if the girls in my secondary school hadn't known about laxatives we may have had less eating disorders yeah (laughs) 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 <laughs> well, speaking of laxatives, I that's a good. Let's talk about the laxative scene because that's yeah. one thing that they like took out of the book, pretty much, you know the Old exact sale. thing, mm. but the tone is so off, and you know in the end, like in the book, that's like such a good moment of wait, maybe there is like dark some darkness beneath Keith's character, 
but 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 Keith was also like, uh, but that was you know when you said when you said the ant it's the antidote and that's also laxative like that's a bit too twisted for me. And then this movie we was like, oh, and you s- and the antidote is also laxative. Awesome, that's so we got epic. it. They're gonna shit themselves to death. <laughs> They're gonna die in their own shit in the basement, and I think that's super cool. <laughs> yeah, the book, the like, the tone is very much like, "Whoa, that's a mm, that's a bit, more, bit bit much, maybe." <laughs> Whilst also letting you laugh at it, you know, because it is funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it is funny. Haha. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, it's funny. Poop any other tips for parents that we should know about? Oh, um, it said, uh, ba 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 ba. I went off it to because I yeah. I saw another should have pulled out. <laughs> I, I I clicked off it because I saw another <laughs> review that just that gave it five stars and called it Czech Puss in Boots. Czech Pussy Boots. No, like yeah, Czech, like like Czech, yeah, like, like Czech Republic. But uh, oh ah. oh, I thought it was gonna. I thought they were like miss. They were trying to say checkmate, but they didn't know the proper no. phrase. Like that. <laughs> they were like, oh, this is. My- <laughs> This is Puss in Boots if he was if he was Czech. <laughs> he was Czech. This is well, like as somehow British boomers would say Czechoslovakia Puss in Boots. If he was Chechen, somehow insulting towards like both the Germans and Czechs. There was I don't there was understand why it's Czech. Yeah, I, I I guess they like they think that the Pied Piper is like Bohemian, or like they saw the architecture in the movie that the, the like distinctly German architecture or like buildings. <laughs> And, oh, I uh, thought it's because Maurice like looked like like a like a an Eastern European cat. They're like this cat is like Puss in Boots if he was Eastern European. This cat is an Eastern European cat. <laughs> <laughs> Getting my calipers out. Wow, this face is so fucking flat. This has got to be a Persian. <laughs> Chaz, you know we're gonna be we're gonna be viciously attacked now by all the uh, ch- uh, the Czech listeners who are like we're actually Central European. Thank you very much. Mm. Well, they can buy me a map because I can't afford yeah. one uh, <laughs> well, on my meager salary. So Chaz will they say. should donate to the Patreon. Donate to my <laughs> Teach Chaz Geography Map mm. Fund uh, by donating three euros a month to the Patreon. Yeah. <laughs> they will say, and Chaz, Chaz will say, actually, my scallopers say you're Eastern European. <laughs> yeah, actually, actually, I think you may be migrated because my calipers yeah. never lie. You donate to our... Uh, GoFundMe Kickstarter where uh, we're trying to what's the petition website change.org where we're trying to uh, make it so they change the name uh, to uh, the Chaz Republic yeah um, it's the Chaz Republic it's Chaz where I'm recently, from Chaz. Chaz recently renamed all the Patreon tiers the Sudetenland tier the Poland mm-hmm. tier and the France <laughs> tier it was weird <laughs> I, I, I didn't I, I'm did, not sure I, I did do that, that. <laughs> <laughs> Jess has been playing too much uh, Crusader, <laughs> Crusader Kings. King. And... <laughs> That's right. That's right. We need to retake Byzantium. <laughs> no, no, Jess, you've gone full. You've gone full Paradox Games fascist. <laughs> Jess has been recently. I, I, I thought it was really effect. weird to like look at Jess's Twitter and see that she's been engaging in like really long really long debate threads about like uh where she was like giving off go- giving out good reasons for incest <laughs> you were meant to see this <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, I have said in the past that now I've played Crusader Kings, I do understand why they did so much incest. Like, I don't think it was good. And obviously it made their brains explode. But like when you're doing it, it just really, really does make your life easier if you marry like your daughter to your aunt. You know what I mean? Doing lesbian but incest. Your uncle. Yeah. I mean, it depends on your settings on, uh, on the Crusader Kings. Uh-huh. But depends which religion you are but yeah you know what I mean? it's that it makes it convenient because you can keep all like you can keep all the succession within the family and you can get your heir to like keep the stop fragmenting the kingdom every time you die but um I, it's still wrong morally <laughs> <laughs> the end of the tv show series succession ends with um uh kendall marrying shiv to <laughs> well, it's a bit like you know how the end of Arrested Development. It turns out that um, uh, what's her name is adopted. Maybe oh uh, no, lady's mum, Lindsay. 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 Lindsay is uh, yeah, Lindsay. Yeah, where it turns out Lindsay's adopted, and Job immediately tries to like hit on her as soon as he realizes that she's adopted. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what a good show! That's pretty good. Apart from I know, the Netflix I know, uh, so I know that's how Succession's going to end. Yeah, well, don't, don't yeah, watch the watch Netflix season. season. No. Well, that's just that's at the end of the third season, not the end yeah. of the yeah. show. Yeah. Well, it's at the end of the good show would have been a good yeah. twist if it turns out that uh, that Keith was like Melissa's secret cousin or something. Oh, like a Cassandra Clare, but. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> like in every single Cassandra Clare book where at the end the love interests realize they're related and they're like no our love is forbidden because we're related the Cassandra Clare books oh, were fun though because they so were hot. more attracted to each other when they thought they were related yeah they're like now it's terrible now it's so difficult um, I will say that oh. there is there is one five star review but the last one for today oh. which had me in the first half best role of Amelia Clark's career and even then Joe Sugger's <laughs> Sardines was a real scene stealer very complex messages on race, politics, and coexistence that brought me, a racist, to tears. What? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It had me. It had me. <laughs> but like, pretty, pretty good bit. They got jo- they got Zoella's brother for this. They got Joella. That is Joella. They got Joe. I can't believe they got Joe Suggs to play the character of Sardine, everyone's favorite YouTuber, Thatcher Joe. Yeah, he's called that because he used to um, thatch roofs, not because he likes Margaret Thatcher. Yeah, I thought there's oh, probably a reason for that. Yeah, um, it's a noble profession. Yeah, he doesn't do that anymore. Now he hosts the Strictly Come Dancing podcast. Um, oh, fantastic! <laughs> so, uh, one of us. do you think? Do you think? Do you think they got him because they were like, we need someone who appeals to kids, and they're like, think of a YouTuber. Kids love YouTubers, and they're like, uh, Zoella. So what is Wait, he's straight. <laughs> yeah, he's married to his old dance partner from Strictly. Strictly Curse got him. Although oh. neither of them were in a relationship. Diane, who's the oh, red lame. one. I don't like her. Lame. Yeah. If, you, if you're going to get into a relationship and Strictly Come Dancing, you've got to both be married. Yeah. <laughs> it's got to be adultery. It's the rules for the drama. It's got to be adultery. Oh, Robin I'm just going to have normal fall in love with my dance partner? No, it must be forbidden. It must be what? forbidden passion. <laughs> Joe Sugg is from Will from Laycock. Why is he from Laycock? I don't know where that from is. What? Because he lays epic. <laughs> it's, it's in Wiltshire. I knew where I was going. Hello, <laughs> Robin. It's how mad chat. are you that there's a strictly podcast and you're not hosting it? 
Um, not that mad because it's not very good. <laughs> <laughs> um, genuinely, the sound, it's a BBC Sounds production, and I don't think that the audio quality is any better than ours either. <laughs> so I'm just like, don't you guys have a I love studio? That. I'm. I'm not. You don't. Need, you don't. You need like nothing to be on BBC Sounds. You send them anything. They're like, yeah, sure, we'll put it on there. Yeah, I mean that's true. But also, the strictly podcast, they can't go on and say um, heinous shit. Mm-hmm. Whereas if I did a strictly come dancing podcast, um, I would be. I, I would be dancing with the libel laws of this country every single episode. <laughs> <laughs> Let's yeah, there is the strictly oh, come dancing podcast where you're allowed to say um, homophobic slurs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe we should do one this year. It starts in September. <laughs> oh hell I think yeah! That would be fun. Yeah. I would listen to that. The, the world, the world's most homophobic strictly come dancing <laughs> yeah. podcast. Let's go. <laughs> all right yeah let's do that that sounds fun let's get banned from itunes baby <laughs> sure let's do it it's homophobic we'll go, time we can put that on our patreon or something yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah maybe um i was gonna talk I think, about i think all the... of my slur cards have run out there you'll have to get into more <laughs> oh i was gonna talk a bit um... about the uh the morris character moment that we yeah. have because there's a couple of the Morris character moments taken from the book. They're botched so See, badly. Yeah, I know. he feels nothing. He There's, is nothing. Yeah. They have the bit about how he has been conflicted about eating, having eaten additives. Uh, eating, eaten. Damn, me a, too. Uh, freaking uh, talking rat. Yeah. Ah, oh, this rat had feelings and dreams and emotions, and I and I ate him with my big cat mouth. Yeah. And it's such a funny. That's such a good bit in the book that like. Both his conscience nagging on him that like builds up to the point, and then the actual reveal like all oh, the rats are like, we know. <laughs> mm-hmm. And in this one, he, I think he mentions never eating talking cats like once. Talking rat. And yeah. then he a uh, talking rat. Sorry, is not eating talking cats either. But but he should. He should be eating talking pussy if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Damn this pussy! This pussy talks. You know what I mean. <laughs> Call it the amazing Morris because this pussy talks. There we go. Okay. <laughs> so he he says that, and then he he has the moment of telling the rats, and they're like, "Well, are you sorry about that? Then it's all right." Like it's such a weak emotional moment. It's also like in the book he has. It's not just like his conscience talking to him about it. The Rat King is using it against him. Yeah. And in this, mm. the Rat King is just like, I am a guy in a trench coat. Um, yeah, I'm not scary at yeah. all. He's not yeah. scary. He's like they a shit. David He's like Hewlish. a shit oogie boogie. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Mm. David Hewlish is supposed to be a weird little freak, not a not a terrifying monster, right? Need, Why did they get David Thewlis? I like, love it, David Thewlis. In the right role, he's incredible. He's great. Yeah. You seen him in Naked? That movie's fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> I've not. D- yeah, I I've been planning on watching like uh, all of uh, what's that? All of Mike Lee's movies, uh, mm. uh, and that's one of them. But I haven't even started. So yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty grim. It's pretty. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a Mike Lee movie, but it's yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty grim. Um, oh, but a... he's good in that, and he's horrible and like weird. But he's not really like an imposing voiced man. No, I think. But he's like no. maybe the only. I mean, and Peter Serafinovich, who does death. You know, he's good, but he only has like three lines. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, he is also there. Yeah. Death looks like shit. I mean, everything in this movie looks like shit, but death and the death of rats, come on. They don't like, at least great. make him bigger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he should have been bigger. Right. I don't think they looked awful. I will, say, I, think there's, I will say one thing that I liked about this movie was um, the little sound that Maurice's paws make when he moves. I thought mm. that was extremely endearing. <laughs> that, that's my okay. highlight of the whole movie. I go, wow, <laughs> little, I want that. The little sound. Yeah. I was gonna say about the the death design is that it looked exactly like the um, Josh Kirby drawing yeah. of death with the the not the Josh Kirby the with, Paul Kirby one right yeah the the Paul Kirby yeah. one with uh, with the cat in in but that one Syria, looks good it's got the same like pointy yes. I mean it's like the same basic it's got like the pointy head and stuff it is it does steal the Paul Kirby design like, cool enough yeah but it looks it looks great in the book because Paul Kirby is a good artist. Uh, Translated to this shitty CGI art style is doesn't doesn't and and he's just not imposing enough. Like he's he's too short. Death is too <laughs> short. Death. All right. Death can't short. Be short. <laughs> <laughs> not imposing. Anyway, uh, how did we feel about the sounds that the that the death of rats makes? Because that was that was odd. Like he doesn't squeak. Yeah, I'm also not sure how you. What are you supposed to? How are you supposed to make squeak the squeak the death the squ- rat death yeah. rat squeak? I mean, bass boost the bass boost the squeak. I don't know. I think he should have rattled like dry bones. Yes, that would have been. good I think he should have made squeaking noises, but like pitched way down. Yes, <laughs> like echo see any of those like, with, an echo, with an echo effect. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think I I I bet we can literally make a better like squeak noise, pitch down squeak noise in Audacity than what they had in the movie. Yeah, I, um, I was gonna talk about the other like Morris character moment is the death scene where he gives up a life to dangerous beings. Not and earned. That's no, not earned. Not, and earned. The, uh, not to Kinda be like gay. in the books again, <laughs> but in the book it's like a really good moment of the way it's. I, I think this is a good example of like how bad the writing here is, or like how bad it translates the, the adapts the stuff from the book. His you know how in, you know how in Game of Thrones, <laughs> when <laughs> I'm aware of it, uh, when Littlefinger pushes off uh, Liza, and in the book he says only cat, and in the show he says your sister, because you had to like spell it out to the audience more. Mm-hmm. That's how I felt like in the death scene here, where instead of in the book where Morris is like, uh, okay, so that means I have three lives left, and then death being like. Wait a minute, no, it should be four, right? And then you understand as a reader that he gave up a life for dangerous beings. In this one he says, Give me what give one life to dangerous beings. <laughs> 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 like with no like not even a hesitation, not even like a moment of it's just it goes goes by so mm. quickly and is so like spelled out to the reader or to the viewer. Mm. Yeah, and he's just like fine with it. Like it's not particularly impactful. It's yeah. Like yeah, I mean, okay. Give me one to the to the rat. Suicide. And he's like, wow, that's just like wow, that's very uncat like of you. You've really changed as a person, Morris the <laughs> educate Morris the amazing cat that can talk. I'm proud of you. Have a nice life. <laughs> you know, it's a good character moment if there's another character pointing it out. Yeah, famously. Yeah. Wow, like, you've really you've really lived and grown as a person, Kat. Uh, the writing for this really is a tell don't show uh, kind of kind of deal yeah. happening. Yeah, 
Did we all okay? Uh, did we all see the bust yeah. of Terry in the mayor's yes. office? Uh, no. Oh, oh no. There's a bit where Morris is perched on top of a, bu- a bust of Terry that's in the mayor's office. I thought that was nice. Mm, it's very realistic though for the, I... for the animation style. It's like yeah. it's like it's like photorealistic Terry. They put a real. Quite <laughs> they put an NFT of a bust in there. Yeah. <laughs> it's vapor, it's vaporwave. Yeah. Photorealistic Terry Pratchett bust looked at me and it said, "I am the photorealistic test." Photorealistic bust of Terry Pratchett, and you are watching this film written after a book that I I wrote. Yeah, that cameo was fine, but like some people on the Reddit were losing their minds over it. Like you see the. Uh, incredible tribute to Terry with his cameo. He's that. It's his book. Like, the whole thing's <laughs> kind of a tribute to him. I would have I been know. surprised if there's no, like, some sort of cameo thing. Yeah. Happening. Yeah. So. And then the movie, like, kind of um, ends right after when... Everyone's cheering because Dangerous Beans comes back to life. Dangerous Beans comes back. And then back. everyone's like, oh, we thought you were dead. And he's like, I was dead, probably. Haha. <laughs> and then everyone's like, woohoo. And then, um... Keith is like, this is the point in the movie where uh, the girl and the boy, they kiss when the cheering is going on. And um, Melissa is like, but this is real life. <laughs> Which would make sense if she'd like, learned that as a lesson at any point, but she didn't. Um, Sounds like she just doesn't want to kiss him. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, she never learned any lesson. I don't really know. Uh, and then she's like, whatever, I guess I'll do it. And then they kiss, and then everyone's like, hooray. And um, Morris watches like a pervert. <laughs> it's not even like, it's not even like, well, whatever, I guess I'll do it. It's So it's not that, it's not that Melissa could have learned that life isn't a story, but it's when she says, this isn't real life, right? And then... Uh, Keith is like, but I made my life into a story. So it's Keith learns that actually life is a story. <laughs> That's the lesson to be learned here. <laughs> yeah, kids, life is a story. That's what Terry uh, wanted you to know. This is women have to kiss you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Heterosexuality uh, is normal and good. I and then she does a big, like, a big, like, dramatic overdone kiss, right? Like, it's, she does it's woman not on a, top. It's not a little. <laughs> Yeah, she like swings him over and does a big like Hollywood kiss. So. Yeah. I, Normally, I would be fine with that, but um, you know, she is thirty-five <laughs> and she is a small child. I fucking hated this so much. I hated this so much. Why did they do this? There's no chem. There's nothing between them. There's not even anything between them in the book. Like, why? Well, the, the have you forgotten about the moment where she says, "I love her." Yeah, but what? I love her. <laughs> <laughs> because she's because she's quirky. annoying. <laughs> because she, this is true. Men do love an annoying woman. Um, <laughs> that has been your strategy. <laughs> you you annoy them until they get confused, and then they will they will think they like you out of confusion. And it is what like if someone hasn't read uh, a Terry Pratchett book and uh, what is was like googling how to write a Terry Pratchett style romance into their movie, it would have said like. Weak, pathetic man and uh, <laughs> imposing, annoying woman. I guess imposing woman who hates the the hates main you. character yeah. until the end, where she's like, "Well, I guess that's just what it means when a woman hates you is that she <laughs> likes you." And then they never kiss on screen. No, <laughs> that's how I have all of my relationships, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But like the thing with 
and it's obviously it's a Terry thing to have like a really impressive woman um, end up with like the dorkiest guy in the world. But there's always like something from her perspective that's there, like, yeah, wow, I don't know why I like this guy, but I can't stop, I can't stop thinking about him all the time. There's something he's got a little je ne sais quoi, he's got a little of that mojo, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he's got to step up. Yeah, but like in this one, he steps up by like playing his song on the flute. Yeah, that's gay. Yeah, it's inside him, and the music destroys the rat king for some I reason. I hated that it, it does that. Sense. Like, why? <laughs> why is that what you took away from the story? Because the music means the music nothing. was within it's his soul just... already. Um, it wasn't the pipe that magic, was special. Magic flute. It's the wunderhorn. Come on. Well, the flute uh, isn't magic. Very... But the flute isn't magic because it's the magic's in him. Um, yeah. But he still needed so, the flute for it, and it still works. But he needed the flute, and then. It means that the muse, the magic of sound and culture destroyed the Rat King, sort of. But then the Rat King's in the middle, and he looks—he's like some rats that are like holding hands and like. It destroyed him like eighty percent. Like, yeah. if you're, yeah, if you're it goes into phase two. New health bar popped down. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, if you do, if you do a Zelda boss fight and you like shoot at the eye of the enemy and then it's like knocks it out and it does the. It does the little thing on top of it, and then you have to like slash on it with the sword. Like that's what happens here. It's like you finally beat Hades and Hades, and then his entire health bar comes back, and now he does more stuff. <laughs> why did why that? I uh, I don't know because now we have to have the bit where we can see what a rat king is because we didn't really know what it was beforehand. Mm-hmm. I knew. So um, I guess the flute just destroyed <laughs> the, the trench coat. <laughs> it destroyed his control. It destroyed his control over the other rats for some reason. But it, it but um, it kind of didn't because then he froze time for everyone except dangerous. But bees. then he freezes time, <laughs> which doesn't. Time? I don't know what that <laughs> is, and like for dangerous bees, like dangerous beings come join me into the rat king, and he's like, oh, I don't think I want to rule the world as as rats. We're gonna have a lovely world. We're gonna make, and he's like. Okay, and then he's like, Morris, it's time to act like a cat. And then Morris does the thing. How does Morris unfreeze out of the time? He just does it. Freeze. I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, the power of friendship. It's, it's the power of friendship. <laughs> like, you can't, like, you can't like, like a cat. willpower yourself through time freeze because the point of a time freeze is that time stops happening for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but I he mean, tried think, really hard. <laughs> I think it's maybe not supposed to be a time freeze, but like physically holding all of their bodies. But then, how did like he do that? Well, he he can he can make people stop in the book, but mm. he does like control people's minds so they can't move a muscle. That's true. Um, but he can do that after he already lost control of the other rats. Well, I mean, I'm not saying it's good. <laughs> 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 Just that he can do that. Yeah. The, the Morris like biting the tail. It's part of this sort of series of things where you get part of the viciousness of the book sort of pokes mm. through the script, mm-hmm. and it sort of jars really strongly with all of the rather like I don't yeah. know, wet. The re- the rest of it's rather wet yeah. and a bit toothless, you might say. Um, mm. And so you get some of the lines where they're like, "Oh, they'd eat you. Off. They'd eat the bones. They eat you off. You've got enough meat on your bones for like two meals." Or um, mm. some other ones uh, where you're just like, oh, that sort of jars against, it, you know, it, it doesn't fit with the tone of the rest of the movie. Yeah, because they've made it Did very... You like how... <laughs> Did you like how... 
did you like how instead of like a rat being like snapped in half by a trap, he was just like encased by like a, a globe thing? Yeah, he was like in a little cage. I suppose if you're trying yeah. to make it kid friendly, that's not necessarily bad because the whole like caging rats is like part of how they figure it out. But they don't need to figure anything out in this movie. They it kind of they just find. They, just... they already talk about yeah. how uh, the first rat is the one who is being killed by the trap, and they send down send out the mechanical rat to to walk into the trap. So if anything, this fucked up village they go to, uh, Bad Blinds is that the place? Yeah, yeah. So going to Bad Bad Blinds is actually less fucked up than other the other rat places they have already been at. Like they have already encountered. Apparently traps that will snap you in half, but this is just a just a more humane rat catching place, I guess. There's none of the horror of like you know, like the the rats ain't eating each the other. rats aren't eating each other. Yeah. Like the bit in, where all the rats are in the cages and like teeming over one another. It's none of that, mm-hmm. which I guess I get, but mm. it's still I don't know. It's shit. <laughs> you could have done like a bit of the image of stuff. the image of like a line of sentient rats like methodically murdering a sort yeah. of horde of. Uh, non-sentient rats like a roman legion chewing their way through a barbarian <laughs> i think they could could like, have like executing like, them yeah oh man is this no this isn't good <laughs> they could that, have at least the put the threat that. in there like it doesn't have to you don't mm. have to show the chewing but at least at least be threatened by it right like mm. there's just no or even the dog fight it's like the yeah. dog is just like comedy dog in the room yeah. it's not like it doesn't Ooh. feel scary or yeah. horrible. No, it made me go, I like the dog animation. These guys are pretty cute. Yeah. <laughs> Which, <laughs> you know, nice for children, I guess. But, like, it made me... I don't know. It's just so... Yeah. It's got no faith in its audience. And in, it's got no faith in its mm. audience of children. He doesn't bite the dog's testicles. No. <laughs> That's strike three. <laughs> You're out. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the dog. The dog scene is weird because you're like, oh, I mean, they're doing rat baiting, like, so they kind of try and show that they're killing loads of rats in a pit with a dog, but then yes. also mm-hmm. don't show it. No. And it's like, this just kind of comes off as confused, and I, I think I can yeah. kind of imagine kids not really understanding what's going on in it. Yeah, the yeah. rat just has like kung fu skills. This is a yeah. karate rat. You can just yeah punch the dog. It's fine. I feel like I've seen. And then at the end of the, the movie, the whole like, the whole like bargain they make with the village, is just shown in a montage. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then and then the whole thing is resolved because they're like, oh, and and bad blints suddenly got put on the map and became a beacon of tourism, and now everyone has enough food. Blints win this here, and now it's good. Yeah, because because dangerous being said, I dream of a world where man and rat live hand in hand and then they and just poor. come on now uh, yeah and then it just uh, and what was that peace love and harmony this movie says i dream of a <laughs> and world then it where... just happens <laughs> i dream of a world where man and rat can live hand in hand and also travel <laughs> to different principalities of our state together and experience the wonders of different cultures through a tourism industry <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like i i genuinely don't get why that was like the movie climaxes on, on fucking Morris biting through the tails. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then mm. and then it's just over. And then it's just like, 
one minute montage of yeah and now they're they all live happily together with the humans i don't get why they couldn't have like a scene where because again this is at the 82nd minute of the movie you could easily have had a scene where they talk to the mayor and are like you know offer like by like put like some tension in there right like show but sides it, it, of an argument it's stuff like but like from from the very beginning morris is like talking to humans like, yeah it's in the end of the from book the first it's like it's like it's like a shocking thing where they're like oh these guys could talk and they have to like show them and they're like listen we're actually people and we're gonna do all this stuff for this one they're just like okay we're a fantasy world i guess that's normal <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, not just talking he's gone. singing to the humans mm. And they're fine yeah, with it. Yeah. The um, and the, the the part of the book, you know, a big part of one big one of the big themes is the cruelty of humans to animals. Yeah. Um, and about how that is something like, kind of built into humans and built into consciousness, and that the rats there's a tension between them replicating right. that to the kikis, and that's like a big, it's a really big sort of moral theme in the book. Yeah, um, and then it doesn't doesn't address that like not that, in my that scene at the movie. end where they you could yeah, easily it end the thi- it doesn't address it the the, thing, the scene at the end of the book where they discuss and barter with the townspeople yeah. for their own sort of sentience is an essential bit. It's that it, it's essential to sort of show that like it's possible to get through it, but it's not going to be easy. Yeah, and it's like the the frustrating thing is that it's like like the the threat of humans to rats does exist in the world of the movie like there are rat catchers yeah it is there but it's also like a non-conflict like it's just it's not followed they don't follow the thread yeah there's there's just a lot of things in it that are like never like what what makes what makes the book so good is that it it takes all of these what makes terry precious writing so good so good is that he takes all of these things that we take granted for in like stories or whatever you know looks at okay but what does that actually mean what are the implications of that and this one just takes things for granted like says why why don't let's not examine the world we live in yeah i i hate to examine things personally the status quo is (laughs) the status quo for a reason um it's for kids so we can't make them think like this is maybe the most insulting thing, not even the gore thing or whatever. Yeah. It's just, it's just the when Terry Pratchett writes a children's book, right? He said he says multiple times, uh, I approach it the exact same way as I would write a book for adults because I'm not talking down to to the children. Uh, I, you know, he has a daughter. He understands, you know, that children also like have a brain to think with, <laughs> mm-hmm. and this movie. Executive produced by that daughter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just does yeah. like the same thing that like the most like cynical children's media would do. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I don't think the uh, person who wrote that um, notes for parents letterbox review needs to worry too much about kids picking up on uh, human cruelty to, uh, <laughs> towards rats because it doesn't really address that core theme in the book. <laughs> no. The new. <laughs> Might say that Terry was maybe making some points there, um, especially including the author photo at the end, where he is uh, holding some very nice rats who are crawling all over him. <laughs> he was so fun. Mm-hmm. Okay, do we have any final points? Uh, bad film. Bad film. 
film, but uh, like, next time, narrative, hey, try favorite, making a uh, good film. What's your favorite uh, uh, village in Uberwald? Uh, bad film? Bad film. Bad film. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, let's go. Uh, great stuff. Well, I've had enough of talking about this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> More podcasts should end like that. <laughs> <laughs> Personally, I'm sick. Of, I am now of sick of this movie. Stupid face. Uh, I am I now hate sick of talking. the animation. I am sick of. I'm sick of sickness. I'm sick of everything about this movie. And uh, I'm. I'm. Yeah, I'm done with it. Um, so. <laughs> Any any final points other than about it's not about the movie that you wanna you wanna bring to the listeners' attention? Amelia um, Clark retire. Uh, <laughs> Just find a Amelia different job. Amelia Clark retire, bitch. Joe Sug, have me on the Strictly Come Dancing podcast episode. You only have to bleep <laughs> half of it out from us. <laughs> Joe um, Sug, try saying some homophobic slurs. More like yeah, try maybe about maybe about that there. little little freak, that little pervert who lives in the woods. He's called the Pied Piper of Hamlin. <laughs> Mm. Was, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We didn't yeah. even talk a lot about. It's because it's his scene. Like to talk It's just about. like it's such a short stupid. scene for. I don't know. That still wastes a lot of time. Yeah, it yeah. wastes a lot of time. Oh, he there tries was a to cook them. There it was a work. in the term interminable like comedic moment where uh, where they're running away from the Pied Piper because they have the pie the pipe already right. They've got the pie. Yeah. They got the yeah. They got the pie. <coughs> they got the pie. They got the pipe, and Morris has the pie. Uh, they're running away from the Pied Piper, and Morris is running away to get them. So they're like, mm-hmm. it's a it's a wide shot of a forest, and then oh, yeah. they're running past each other, and Morris is like, and they're like, uh, we got the magic pipe, and then Morris is like, great, and I'm going to find Keith and Melissa. Uh, to um, Help them let the them know king. where the Red King is, and then they run past. There's a beat of there's a beat, and then they come mm-hmm. back and they're like, oh, "That was uh, embarrassing. Let's not talk about this ever again, ever to nobody. Let's not ever mention this to anyone." It's like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. okay. Why would you? It wasn't funny. <laughs> And then they walk away in the wrong direction again, and then they once again there's a beat, and then they run in the right direction. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty. I, I just wanted to shout that out as like a really awful moment in this movie. It's really pretty bad. It's like another one of those like they just don't know yeah, how it was a bad to. Joke. Yeah, it was a bad joke with like bad comedic timing. You don't need to linger on it for that long. Like. It's an okay gag. I'm sure you can pay off this gag. I, 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 I'm sure I've seen this gag paid off. Well, I don't know. But it's just like sort of okay, shit. Okay, here's the thing. Does it, it's not funny. The, here's my punch up. They're like running across at him saying, I need to find Keith and Malicia and then running still in the wrong direction. That's, you know, a classic gag. It's in a million things. But then them pointing out how that was a mistake and that was embarrassing. Like, I think that's what really got on me. Like, if it just ended on that and they run together and then they go to the right direction, I'd be like, fine. I would never have even mentioned it. But uh, they, should, they should look at the camera and be like, this is the part <laughs> of the movie where we make a, a humorous, we do a humorous mistake that we then talk I think, about. Here's and my punch up. I think instead comedic. they should have said, so that happened. 
So that <laughs> happened. They run off and then uh, it cuts to Melissa turning to Keith and saying, wait, he's right behind me, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Movie bad. So that's movie. Movie bad. Movie um, bad. Bad film. Bad movie. Uh. Yeah, uh, next week we'll, or next time we'll be reading Nightwatch. Nightwatch? Oh, fuck yeah. Quality's back, Are you ready baby. for some, ready for some fucking tragedy? Because I sure am. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> I want to know about, like, dying for a political struggle. That mm, sounds yeah. cool. Terry's back in um, his, in his fucking dark era. <laughs> Terry has some shit to he say. He wrote a children's book and was uh, like, okay. A children's book was like fun and fluffy. Yeah, which is only slightly less dark than the <laughs> children's book. Children's book that is only slightly less about dying for a political cause. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Got nice pliers. Thank you, Cher. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so we'll be what we'll be watching. We'll be reading Nightwatch, which is exciting. That's a good book. Um, but until then, you can donate to our Patreon for three euros a month. And get your name shouted out like these people. No. I'm loading up the Patreon. Wait, wait, wait. Jim, you get three. Wait. Bob. Stephanie. You get three and you get access to the Patreon. Yes. You pay five and you get your name shouted out. I remember how this podcast works. <laughs> uh, I'm very tired. Uh, okay, hang on. Hang on. Active. There he goes. Great website. Uh, so, so, yeah, shout out to... These wonderful people give us money, such as Terran, Rat, Sarah McClintock, Rat oh, Milk Succubus, <laughs> Leva, <laughs> Justin Crandall, Rota, <laughs> Evan DM, Rat, oh, Big Titty Goth Threadwife, Raton, Hello, Antigone Progony, uh, Rat, Whoa. and a special thanks to. Uh, Bjorn Strong in the arm, uncles of the show on the 10 euro tier, such as Tintin, Franca, Slime Simon, Far, Flesh Wraith, Rato, Jason H, Radan, Gardai, Rata, and Big Flat Band, Podgana. Thank you to those people. Uh, and you can join the Discord if you want. It's Great. We all went on holiday together um, and had a great time. That's. <laughs> I can't promise you that if you join the Discord, we will, we will all go on a holiday together. Yeah. I'm just saying it happened. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's fine. But until next time, uh, Beyond Strong in the Arm is my uncle. Beyond Strong in the Arm is my uncle. This is the part of the podcast where we end the podcast. You, this is the framing I'd device. I'd like to say, in all seriousness, um, <laughs> fuck South Wales Police. Fuck South Wales fuck. Police. Uh, fuck South Wales die. Police. Always, always. And especially now. Bye. Yes. Um, bye. Bye. <laughs>